the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. We are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business with your guest host, Elisheva Klein. You can download podcasts of the show at ShalomKlein.com and follow Shalom on Twitter at ShalomKlein. Get Down to Business is powered by Tandem HR, your solution center. Find them at TandemHR.com or call 630-928-0510. Right, you're wondering why is Elisheva on and not Shalom? Well, Shalom right now is in Washington, D.C., fighting for small business jobs and entrepreneurs. So we're going to be on with... Linda Foreman, CPA, she wants to talk to us about why insurance companies should cover ABUS ultrasounds and MRIs prescribed by doctors. Hey, Linda, how are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Glad we're connected. Uh, and thank you for having me on the show. Um, actually, I'm, I'm kind of a woman on a mission because mm-hmm. uh, not very many people know that Illinois law mandates that if you have insurance, that it has to cover ultrasounds and MRIs if your doctor prescribes them. And insurance, unfortunately, for both the employer side and the employee side, that they'd like to keep healthy, um, the insurance companies uh, give a lot of pushback and problems, which is against the law. Wow. Can you tell us a little bit about how you found out about this? Oh, yes. It was kind of, a, um, and I have to thank uh, my breast surgeon, Dr. Larry Krause, who, uh, from Highland Park Hospital, who was um, the one who let me on to this because I had no idea. I was totally covered. Um, one day, I happened to have my annual mammogram, and uh, because for years uh, you know, the report always said dense breast tissue, uh, the same day I had an, ult- an ultrasound, an ABUS ultrasound. And um, I got the happy letter from the mammogram saying, hey, you're fine. See you next year. The ABUS ultrasound taken five minutes later said, get back here. And thankfully, they found uh, a stage one pretty aggressive cancer that um, if I had just done the normal routine, uh, would have had a way different outcome had I waited. And I, when I went to the breast surgeon, he said, you know, I've been doing three surgeries a week for people where the mammogram didn't detect anything and the ultrasound did, and the insurance companies are giving pushback. Wow. What, what do we do with these insurance companies? Like, how do we even, like, people I feel like are dealing with so, this all the time when their insurance companies won't want to pay for things that are supposed to be covered. What do people do? Like, how do we deal with that? 
Well, I, the minute I found that out, I kind of went from, um, you know, the sulking of, oh, gosh, I've got cancer, what do I do, to, oh, my God, there's people out there um, that, that need this help. If uh, if you're a woman, you're 40 years old, you've got car payments, you've got rent payments, you've got a couple kids, yeah. and suddenly someone says, oh, you could use an ultrasound. It's $1,400. Uh, you're you're going to take a deep breath and say, I don't have the money. Yeah. Um, but so when I heard about this, I wrote to 37 of my favorite elected officials because I figured somebody's got to be, uh, someone's got to have the clout. Yeah. And I, I did hear back uh, from a few, like the day they received the letter, and uh, we decided that, you know, there's one person in the state of Illinois that's got the clout. Her name is Lisa Madigan. She's the mm-hmm. attorney general. And Lisa yeah. Madigan's been only wonderful and supportive. Um, and also um, Representative Laura Fine, who's head of the Health uh, Insurance uh, Committee, and, and uh, is running for state senate uh, as well, um, she... She caught on, and and both uh, she and Lisa Madigan and her office have been incredibly helpful. We've had two um, information sessions so far where we've invited the public and uh, so that they could hear what's going on. Uh, We've distributed the laws uh, relating to it because doctors don't even know. So they can't really inform their patients. And um, and so that's that's how we've been... uh, fighting this, and I've been telling all my clients as well. I know. I feel like these insurance companies are getting away with murder, literally. It's uh, it's very scary because these people, they can't afford it, um, and it just it's just very sad to me. Um, it, it is. And we need to reach out. Like, um, I, I've been uh, told that uh, the African-American community, most of the women have dense breast tissues. There are mm-hmm. other communities where there are risk factors. And, right. um, and I, I have reached out to these various other places, to church groups, to social groups, to, uh, to any group, and said, hey, uh, we're ready. Laura Fine, um, Representative mm-hmm. Fine, has been wonderful in giving her time. And uh, and so has Don DeCourcy, who's the Assistant Attorney General uh, for Health Care. And, uh, and so there's, there's information available. And yeah. people, I don't know whether they're uncomfortable or they feel that, oh, this isn't going to happen to me. Of course I'm covered. Right. And then surprise, surprise. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I know as being Ashkenazi Jewish is a higher rate of uh, breast cancer um, in right. that population. So, I mean, it just, you know, it's just crazy, like, to me to think, like, what if I needed this and I didn't know about it? Um, it just, um, so can you tell us a little bit about what the ABS ultrasound does, like how it detects a little bit? Right. And and people, now someone will say, Oh, well, now there's a 3D mammogram. That's got to be better. Unfortunately, for dense breast tissue, it, it often is not. And so the Abus ultrasound, you know how women go, oh, my God, I've got to take a mammogram. It's got to be really uncomfortable. Um, the Abus ultrasound, you, you, everybody's familiar with women, you know, with the uh, pregnancy, and they've got the ultrasound, the little uh, handheld wand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, Abus ultrasound, is there, it's a plate. And they just basically press it uh, in, you know, different views. And it's, it's really great in detecting uh, growths that, uh, that don't appear on a, uh, on a mammogram. 
And it's very, it's not, it's not an uncomfortable procedure. It takes about five minutes. Now and, people might be uh, concerned that it's like maybe invasive or something, but it's really, it's no big deal. You just go in there and, and you know. Yes, it's, it's about <laughs> it, anybody who's, who's been at an, uh, an ultrasound uh, for pregnancy or for any other procedure. They just put the little gel on you. And then they have the um, the equipment that just presses against and uh, and it picks uh, it picks up uh, what needs to be picked up and and it's a godsend. And now, uh, as of last fall, um, one of the uh, probably a, a much uh, more refined uh, process is the MRI, mm-hmm. and that is a very expensive test. But Illinois again mandates free coverage. And people don't know that. So, um, and I've had people, even people who work in the benefits industry, who have talked to me and just offhandedly remarked that I'm, they want me to get an MRI, but it's costing a fortune. And I just send them a copy of the Illinois law, and, and even they don't know about it. So it's, you know, this word of mouth is helping a lot, but we have to get more people involved. So if there's any um, religious groups, any uh, social groups, uh, we have the, you know, we have the, the ability to, uh, to to talk to you and to give you the information that you need that is going to save your life or the life of somebody in your family. And totally. I hope so who that should we somebody, reach out to to be able to do that? Um, you, I would... Um, call uh, Representative Laura Fine, uh, who is somebody who is just an expert on this, uh, and I'm sure that uh, she would be able to, you know, help put something together, or Don DeCourcy, who is the Assistant Attorney General for Healthcare, and I can give you the phone number um, for uh, the Illinois Attorney General's office has a helpline, so if you have insurance issues... Um, you can call them. They, you know, they don't have the biggest staff in the world because Illinois doesn't have the biggest budget in the world. But the helpline number is eight seven seven three zero five five one four five. And let me repeat that again. It's eight seven seven three zero five five one four five. Thank you so much, Linda, for being on with us. I get down to business. We'll talk to you later. It's Excellent. Show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. This is the show about business jobs and entrepreneurs. Next on with Ron Villavalum. He is our senator-elect for the Illinois 8th Senate District to discuss his work at SEIU and his views on how to help Illinois. We are back with Senator-elect Ron Villavalum. He's the Senator-elect for the Illinois' 8th Senate District. Hey, Ron. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How's it going? Good, good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. We're so honored to have you on tonight. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your work with SEIU Healthcare? Absolutely. So SEIU Healthcare uh, represents about 90,000 uh, healthcare workers, um, ranging from home care providers that take care of seniors and people with disabilities, 
uh, child care uh, providers who uh, provide child care for parents who are going to work or going to school to get a better job or, or are in a job training program, nursing home workers, um, and hospital workers, wow. uh, all that folks that take care of uh, the elderly, the vulnerable, et cetera. Wow, that's amazing. So how did this shape your view of healthcare in Illinois? Well, it's had a huge impact um, from two different standpoints. Uh, one is I think there's a lot that we can do um, to, number one, get rid of the misconception of health care costs um, and, and government pro- in terms of government programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, there's, there's work that we can do to maximize uh, quality care um, at, at, a, at the least expense possible. And then three, it, it talks. I've learned about the need for uh, a strong workforce. Um, and so, just taking those points in order, um, you know, one, it, it, we really we talk about home care, talk about child care. These are all preventative measures. Right. Um, you know, if if a parent has child care assistance, they're able to go to work, which means that they're not on even more government programs. Um, if if a senior or a person with disability has home care assistance. Um, they're not, you know, forced into a nursing home, which costs, uh, on, on average, $35,000 more to the state of Illinois. Um, you know, the one area that we have a lot of work to do is stabilizing the workforce. Mm-hmm. In the home care industry alone, um, there's a 62% turnover rate. And every time you someone leaves, you have to recruit, retrain, recruit, hire, and train someone the industry average is about $7,000 to do that each time per, per, per worker. So um, I, I think on those three fronts, there's a lot that we can do to provide an, a high level of quality care, um, at, um, but also make sure we're doing it in a fiscally responsible way. That's great. What would you do to ensure the long-term viability of the state's Medicaid program? That's a great question. You know, I think, number one, what I just said about, you know, I think we need to um, encourage all we can um, to uh, seek home care um, uh, from whether they're a low-income senior or a person with disability as opposed to being in a nursing home. Now, there are some folks that have to be in nursing homes because they need 24-7 care mm-hmm. or um, their family situation um, calls for it. Um, but if, if folks can be at home uh, receive home care, uh, they not only get the independence and they have the moral um, dignity of living in their home, but it saves the state $35,000 per person. Um, so that's a big savings cost and, and quality of care. Yeah. The I mean, I love hearing these we, numbers because I feel like yeah, we, yeah. it's so general all the time that we are told, oh, it's bad for this or it's good for that, whatever. But hearing the numbers, I mean, those are the facts. Those are the facts, you know, and so home care is, is less expensive than uh, living in, in a nursing home. Um, and again, the nursing homes have, have its role for people that need that 24 seven care or have a different type of situation. But the other piece of it is we need to do a better job of, as a state of collecting federal dollars, Mm -hmm. um, or vying for federal dollars. So I recently learned that we are a top five state in terms of the federal dollars that we, um, give out. So we, that we, that we, um, have to pay in federal taxes, for example. Um, and we're at the bottom five in receiving those federal dollars back. Mm-hmm. So, and, and one example I'll give of that is 
So you have the community care program in Illinois, and mm-hmm. there um, there's the Medicaid portion, and then there's yes. the non-Medicaid portion. Mm-hmm. The, the non-Medicaid, the Medicaid portion is um, there for people that are uh, extremely low-income seniors. Uh, the non-Medicaid is, you know, maybe above a step above. But it turns out that there's 10,000 seniors, low-income seniors, that are a part of the non-Medicaid portion that are eligible for Medicaid. Mm. And so what does that mean? What, what, what's yeah. the point of, of me saying that is, and the point is that um, if, if someone is on Medicaid, there is a 50% match from the federal government uh, in the state of Illinois. So we have 10,000 seniors that the state of Illinois is um, providing home care for as part of the non-Medicaid portion of the community care program. They're, the state of Illinois is picking up 100% of that cost. But if they filled out the right paperwork and they moved over to the Medicaid portion of the community care program, then the state of Illinois would only have to pick up 50% of the cost and the federal government would pick up the other 50%. So that's something that, that um, fortunately was put in this year's budget. And I think we're, you know, it was led by the Alzheimer's association uh, and effort by them and SEIU um, to, to make it happen. Wow. So do you think that, um, do you support the continued Medicaid expansion under the Affordable Care Act? I do. I do. You know, look, again, this is all um, we need to make sure we're not being penny wise and pound foolish. Yeah. Uh, the, the statistics and the data clearly shows that people that receive the health care that they need uh, in the beginning, um, I would say preventative health care, essentially, uh, they go on to to not only be uh, uh, less of a burden, I use that word burden um, gingerly, but um, they, they, less of a burden on the, on the entire system when it relates to, when they, in, in case they have to come in for emergency room visits or whatever the case may be. Um, and so by having that preventative care, they're able to, in the long run, cost the, the entire system less. Um, but also, they're able to get that care and yeah. take care of themselves um, and give themselves the opportunity to go out and make a living and, and not have, um, you know, necessarily uh, devastating health issues as they go out about go and do that. Um, so I'm a firm believer that we need to continue the Medicaid expansion under the Affordable mm-hmm. Health Care Act. I wish we would have had a, uh, a public option yeah. uh, that passed in 2010 uh, as well. Uh, but, you know, we need to continue to, to, to move. You know, health healthcare is yeah. changing every single day. So we need to, you know, get rid of the gridlock and actually address some of these challenges. Because health is one of the basic things of life. It's so Absolutely. Important. Absolutely. I mean, again, the statistics don't lie. You know, if, if, people, if people are on home care, it costs the state less money. We need to, we can't be at the bottom five of getting federal dollars back when we're in the top five of, paying federal taxes. Um, these, are, these are things that we need to look at, um, and that's something mm-hmm. that I'm committed to working on as well. That's great. Should the state continue on a path toward Medicaid to manage, sorry, managed care for Medicaid beneficiaries? I think so. I mean, I, I look, I think, um, I think that uh, managed care uh, organizations have, definitely have a role, and uh, they um, they have the ability to um, provide a service and, and streamline that service and 
make sure that our, our other, the healthcare system is working as it should. Uh, that being said, um, the state of Illinois needs to be involved. We can't just yeah. absolve all of our, you know, the state's responsibilities and say, you know, well, that's, that's someone else's problem now. Um, you know, we need to make sure that we're being involved, holding everybody accountable, um, working with everyone to make sure we're getting to the solutions we need. We've, we've had a, a fiscal, I mean, we talk about healthcare crises, crises. we have had a fiscal crisis yeah. uh, in the state of Illinois, and that's resulted in going from $6 billion in backlog of bills to $15 billion. And uh, we're already, and you talk about uh, Medicaid, we're already the, the last or um, second to last in uh, rates of reimbursement. Uh, and so, you know, this is all a strain on the healthcare system. And so we just need to make sure that all the players that are involved, whether you're an MCO, nursing home, hospital. Um, all right, Ram, we're almost out of time. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining sure. us. That was Ram Vallum, Senator-elect for Illinois' 8th Senate District. We're powered by Tandem HR, your solution center. You can call them at 630-928-0510. You can email them at simplify at tandemhr.com. This is a place for small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. with Get Out to Business, your place for jobs, entrepreneurship, and small business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business. We are talking to my father-in-law, the one, the only, Moshe Klein. <laughs> Moshe Klein from Moshe Klein and Associates, the affordable counting firm. Hi, Moshe. How are you? Hi, Ellie. How are you? Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, I'm happy to have you here. Could you explain why bookkeeping is so important to the small business owner? Absolutely, Ali. Um, we, we, since 1982, we've been telling small business owners why um, bookkeeping is so important. First of all, bookkeeping, Ali, uh, should be like a Bible for every small business owner. Bookkeeping is really the proof that your small business exists and, and that it has value. Uh, without bookkeeping, without proper basic records, um, who can really say how much business or revenue is being generated or what the expenses are. And of course, it's so important to do bookkeeping because bookkeeping creates an asset. It's like, you know, the difference between paying rent and owning a home. When you pay rent, you, you, you have so little to show for your investment. But when you keep good records. It's like paying a mortgage. You have an asset, something to hold on to that's valuable. Mm -hmm. And of course, um, ultimately, bookkeeping is the basis for the tax return that has to be prepared at the end of the year. So what are some of the most common mistakes that small business owners might make? 
Oh, common. Okay, great question. Uh, there's a lot of mistakes uh, that small business owners make. They may be the best plumber around or the best doctor or attorney or electrician, but um, you know, when it comes to uh, keeping proper records, there are some, some uh, common mistakes that we see all the time over the years. Uh, number one, uh, not uh, doing basic bookkeeping or keeping basic records. That's probably the most critical mistake. Uh, number two, not separating personal funds from business funds, uh, you know, separate accounts, having a personal checking account for you and your husband. I'm sure the IRS wouldn't like that, account. would they? <laughs> They don't like it. They don't. And that, that's very true. And uh, it's all good until it isn't good anymore. And when the IRS says, show me why all these deposits are not taxable income, uh, you can't really explain that too well without proper records and separate accounts. Right. Um, and, and also, I think that probably uh, the, the, another big mistake that small business owners make is they don't listen to their accountant when the accountant tells them they're making a mistake. So those are some of the things, but I can go on for hours. For sure. What advice can you offer small business owners? Well, um, there's so much. Um, you know, if you're not keeping uh, basic records, Ellie, uh, for deposits and for expenses, um, I would recommend that a small business owner invest the uh, fifty or a hundred dollars in the most basic over-the-counter software. It's it's not perfect, it's not ideal, but it's certainly better than not having any records at all. And if the small business owner is not comfortable uh, working with a QuickBooks file or some over the counter software, bring in a part-time uh, bookkeeper to do that. Um, and if you're doing bookkeeping, if there is book, <coughs> excuse me, bookkeeping um, uh, being created uh, daily, weekly, or monthly, mm -hmm. it, have an, a, a professional account. Look it over at least once a year, if not quarterly, before the tax return um, is done. It could really make a difference uh, to the tune of thousands of dollars at tax time if things are recorded and coded uh, correctly. Well, speaking of uh, an accounting firm, <laughs> Moshe Klein of Moshe Klein and Associates, how do you keep your fees so affordable? Oh, that's a great question. Um, first of all, this is our 36th year in business. So, you know, after so many years, you kind of figure out what works and what doesn't work well. Uh, so I think we're a little more efficient today than, you know, perhaps we were a number of years ago. So that helps us keep the fees low. Um, but we've also invested over the years in some proprietary technology that we have developed. It's unique to Moshe Klein & Associates that um, helps us to automate a good portion of the bookkeeping process. And so that helps us keep our fees low as well. That sounds so handy. <laughs> Why aren't more it places is. doing that? <laughs> Well, um, I'll probably tell you the number one reason, because it, it takes a lot of money and a lot of time. It took us probably two years and a lot of money to develop that software. Uh, so I don't think a lot of accounting firms, um, you know, have the money or have the interest in spending that kind of time. But we're happy that we did. Um, we actually, I would say, have automated two-thirds of the process, the days at our office of sitting 
with a paper bank statement and manually data entering every deposit and every withdrawal. Those days are long gone. We still do that, Ellie, mm-hmm. uh, when we go back uh, several years in time, like in the case of an IRS audit going back several years and we can't get uh, the records. Thank online. you so much, Moshe, bank. for joining us and get down it's to my business. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks thank for you. having me. Of course. Anytime, Ta. <laughs> Welcome back to Get Down to Business. Get Down to Business is powered by Tandem HR, your solutions solution center. Find them at tandemhr.com or call 630-928-0510. You could also email them at simplify at tandemhr.com. We are on with my mom, Michelle Bromberg, RN. Hi, mom. Hi, Ellie. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. I feel honored to be part of your show tonight. (laughs) Thanks. It's my pleasure. Mom, I know that a lot of family friends are struggling with health care. And I was just wondering if you could shed a light on what the state of our health care is right now. Well, one of the things that I think that a lot of people have been talking to me about is the high cost of premiums. Yeah, and family just can't afford that. Well, it's, there's, you know, it depends on people's income, their family income, and how many children they have, what the family income will be, and then, you know, they could have a premium that is just a whopper. I really don't want to mention, you know, the price of the premiums, because some people, you know, if their income is higher, the premium is more affordable to them. Other people, it's lower, the amount of children. I mean, all these factors, you know, really do play into the situation. But overall, the situation is very difficult for a lot of people. Premiums are extremely high. Deductibles are extremely high. And co-pays. What concerns me as a nurse, mm-hmm. is that, and one thing that Ram had mentioned, is prevention. And my concern is that people are definitely putting off getting the health care they need by using ERs when they should not be doing it, where a situation gets out of control, where if they could have just gone for prevention, gone right. to their primary care physician, gone to see um, an MD or an a APN clinic even. or a minute clinic, they would have gotten the per, the prevention that they needed or they would have gotten the situation under control before it gets out of control, which just increases our health care costs where it's soaring here in Illinois and throughout the country. I feel like people are just going to the ER for strep throat where they should be just going to their doctor because they can't afford the insurance. Well... Um, unfortunately, it, it does happen that people do end up using the ERs in that in that manner, where the costs are, you know, exorbitant. I mean, the hospitals can't, um, you know, they can't deal with that kind of cost either um, when people are using the ERs that way. That's why I would like to see more prevention at very early stages of chronic illness where we could really help people work on issues, get more exercise, eat healthy, get enough sleep, get enough exercise, and do those kinds of things 
to prevent some of the illnesses that unfortunately we have in society. And also about, um, you know, Medicaid. Graham right now is an old lady. She needs her benefits. What do we do about that? Well, um, for the elderly, um, we need to also see to it that they have the proper health care they need through preventative services, through uh, working on different types of preventions, um, good nutrition, good, good sleep, exercise, making sure that um, appointments are kept, helping people get to appointments, um, making sure that the um, elderly are able to have access to um, their medications, that uh, unfortunately I've heard some people state that, uh, you know, they can't afford their medication. There's medication sharing within the elderly population. We don't want to see that. Isn't that so dangerous? Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Where people are skipping doses, we don't want to have any of that. Uh, we want to And then these, sure, these people are suffering. Yes, and we want to make sure that people are getting the medication they they need. We want to make sure they're getting the nutrition they need, the exercise they need, the proper sleep, uh, the proper uh, daily care that they need. So what should we do as citizens of the world, you know, to, well, to help one thing with this? I would one thing I would say is that reach out, reach out to your neighbor, um, get to know your neighbors, get to know the elderly people on your block, uh, in your apartment building, uh, where you live in your community, and especially when it's warm out, let's make sure that our elders um, have the hydration they need, the cooling that they need. And um, if you don't, uh, see your elderly neighbor outside. Knock on the door. Say, hey, how are you doing? How's, how's everything? And make sure that there's someone kind of looking, you know, looking after them. Yeah, I know. It's You really got to watch out for people and help your neighbor because – that's all we got. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. We have each other. We, all we got is each other. That's my mom's favorite quote. Right. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> That's one of her favorite things to say. You know, Mom, with the elderly community, there's a lot of, um, you know, things that go on in the nursing homes, like missing prescriptions that you were saying. Like, we were dealing with the other day where my grandmother's hearing aids went missing. Like, these things happen, and you just got to be on top of it as, you know, a daughter of your mother or a daughter of somebody who's in a nursing home or a son or whatever. Just make sure that you're on top of it because you never know what's well, going on, you know? Well, I think that, um, you know, it's a really hard job to be in that particular environment. Um, the elderly, I, I really feel we should try to, you know, uh, help them within the community, keep them safe within our, in the community, um, Understaffed and underpaid also. They're very understaffed. Yeah, and get and get a lot of people and get a lot of people to, um, you know, uh, help the elderly so that they can stay in their homes. But like Ram said, unfortunately, there's situations where people do have to um, be in a nursing home. Thank you, Mom, for coming on. This is Get Down to Business. We are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business with your guest host, Elisheva Klein. That's me. Hey, George. Your guest host. 
Guest tones are all right, too. Guest hone. You know what? It's my first time. I'm just getting out there, spreading my wings on radio. How'd you like it? You know what? It was fine. <laughs> it was great. I'm, I'm really just excited to be here. And, uh, you know, I'm privileged to be on AM560, The Answer, and, you know, spreading my wings. Well, I got to tell you, um, <laughs> you would not want to have heard my first radio show when I was in broadcasting school, which is going on nine years ago now. Um, yeah. How good was it? Oh, it was terrible. It was, <laughs> it was a dumpster fire. But that's okay, uh, oh. because you have to start somewhere. You were you were right. leagues and ba- leaps and bounds rather. Thank you. Ahead of where I was. You know, I have a point. degree in drama and theater, so. Oh I, well, then you have no excuse. You could have been better. <laughs> that's true. You know, it's a little bit like it was my first time. I get really like I work myself up with these type of things. Yes. Um, when there's no reason to, because it's just a conversation. And and really, you're the only one in the room. You, That's true. You just true. have to pretend like no one's listening. No offense to anyone who is listening. You <laughs> just have to pretend like no one's listening. That's true. I just think that like, you know, when having my parents in the other room, it just like, it makes me so much more nervous. There, there was a very, uh, there was a, a theme of nepotism here today in the guest list. <laughs> Except for Ram. That's, well, Ram is also nepotism. I love him too. He's okay, great. Well, there you go. <laughs> All my guests I love. Yeah. You had a good day. Thanks. You I did, try. Didn't do so bad. You got to work on your outs, but that's all right. We, did, we don't have to necessarily do the critique on the air, but uh, <laughs> we can. Eh, we, teach his own. This I would try. normally be the point where uh, Shalom was telling us all about tandem HR. I believe I could, I could, I could talk about tandem HR all day. They're did our you, solution center. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> Get down to business is powered by Tandem HR, your solution center. Find them at tandemhr.com or call 630-928-0510. You can email them. At simplify at tandemhr.com. And if you want podcasts of the show, go to shalomkline.com and follow Shalom at shalomkline on Twitter. Also, if you want to travel with Shalom, go to shalomkline.com slash travel. And there's trips to India and Thailand. So I would check them out if I were you. India and Thailand, huh? Yeah, yeah. India and Thailand. Oh my God, I'm, they're amazing. Have I'm so ever, excited. Have you ever been to either? I've been to India. Okay. Like Cochin and all those places near there. Oh my God. It's it's like totally a different planet. But I've I been love around. It. I've never been to either of those. Oh my gosh. I, I'm, I've never been to Thailand, but it was on The Bachelorette. <laughs> and so I really want to go. I'm upset. <laughs> I'm outraged. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was on there. So I'm like, oh wow, it looks so beautiful. And like they had like this like, you know, those boats were like, they're like all wood and you paddle down these big rivers. It's pa- gorgeous. Paddle boats? Are they paddle boats? It's, I don't know, they're are like they, is that what they're called? They? It's, it's like a flat piece of wood, literally. Right, it's like a river boat. Yeah. yeah. Very basic. Like, there's no, like, fancy schmancy to it. It's just very pretty and cute. And there's all these, like, cool temples and stuff. So that's... You like uh, pretty cute and cool stuff, don't you? Of course. I like yeah. Shalom. Well, there you go. <laughs> right? Must be a different standard than I apply, but that's all right. I like Shalom. He's a good guy. <laughs> Me too. Been you know, I feel like... show forever. I know. I think that's why I finally had to like bump him off the air and get my own spot, right? Oh my goodness! (laughs) So we've got about uh, what do you got? About a minute, a little less than a minute. Anything you want to tell the listening population? Any excuses you'd like to make? Any? I'm uh... sorry. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate your time and spending time with us at six three six thirty six o'clock. 
right? Or at 6 o'clock yes, it's, p.m.? Yes, it's 6 p.m. every Sunday. 6 p.m. Get down to business here on AM560. Right. Well, usually I'm in the back yes, answering the phones. Correct. You are answering the phones almost every week. Thank you so much. This is Get Down to Business, powered by Tandem HR, your solution center. Find them at tandemhr.com or call 630-928-0510. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.